Welcome to our podcast. I am Linda Messer. My husband Ron and I invite you to join us in our weekly broadcast of A New Voice of Freedom. Welcome to Season 4 of A New Voice of Freedom, written by Ronald Keith Messer. This podcast is part of a series we call Stories of the New Testament, an appendage to a series of books written under the banner In Defense of Christianity. Podcast 166 examines Matthew chapter 21, 1-11, part 1. Triumphal Entry into Jerusalem. One of the most dramatic scenes in the life of Jesus is his triumphal entry into Jerusalem described in all four Gospels. And when they drew nigh unto Jerusalem, and were come to Bethphage unto the Mount of Olives, then sent Jesus to disciples, saying unto them, Go into the village over against you, and straightway ye shall find an ass tied and a colt with her. Loose them, and bring them unto me. And if any man say aught unto you, ye shall say, The Lord hath need of them, and straightway he will send them. All this was done, that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by the prophet, saying, Tell ye the daughter of Zion, Behold, the king cometh unto thee, meek, and sitting upon an ass, and a colt, and foal, as an ass. And the disciples went, and did as Jesus commanded them, and brought the ass and the colt, and put on them their clothes, and they set him thereon. This is in fulfillment of prophecy as found in Zechariah 9, 9-10. Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion! Shout, O daughter of Jerusalem! Behold, the King cometh unto thee. He is just, and having salvation, lowly, and riding upon an ass, and upon a colt, the foal of an ass. And I will cut off the chariot from Ephraim, and the horse from Jerusalem, and the battle bow shall be cut off, and he shall speak peace unto the heathen. And his dominion shall be from sea even to sea, and from the river even to the ends of the earth. In his first triumphal entry into Jerusalem, Christ comes on a lowly donkey, symbolizing humility, gentleness, and peace, not as a god of war, because many were looking for a conqueror to deliver them from the slavery of the oppressive Romans, they rejected Jesus. They wanted a war god. They didn't want a lowly carpenter's son born in a stable. The symbolism of Christ riding into Jerusalem on a donkey has even greater significance for it parallels the anointing of King Solomon by his father David. It is very significant that King David, in announcing to Israel that Solomon, not his elder brother Adonijah, who tried to usurp the throne by pronouncing himself king, uses a donkey in the same symbolic way. In 1 Kings 1 it is recorded, Then Adonijah, the son of Hagit, exalted himself, saying, I will be king and he prepareth him chariots and horsemen, and fifty men to run before him. When under the direction of Nathan the prophet, 
Bathsheba draws attention to King David that he has promised the throne to her son Solomon. David announces to Israel that Solomon, not Adonijah, is to be king of Israel. No other prophet spoke of the Savior more than David in his Psalms. Clearly alluding to the prophecy of Zechariah, and alluding to the Savior's own triumphal entry into Jerusalem, David has his son Solomon ride into Jerusalem on an ass, where he will be anointed king. Then King David answered and said, Call me Bathsheba. And she came into the king's presence and stood before the king. And the king swore and said, As the Lord liveth, that hath redeemed my soul out of all distress, even as I swear unto thee by the Lord God of Israel, saying, Assuredly, Solomon thy son shall reign after me, and he shall sit upon my throne in my stead. Even so will I certainly do this day. Then Bathsheba bowed with her face to the earth and did reverence to the king and said, Let my lord King David live forever. And King David said, Call me Zadok the priest, and Nathan the prophet, and Benaiah the son of Jehoiada. And they came before the king. The king also said unto them, Take with you the servants of your lord, and cause Solomon my son to ride upon mine own mule, and bring him down to Gihon, and let Zadok the priest and Nathan the prophet anoint him there king over Israel, and blow ye with the trumpet, and say, God save King Solomon. Then ye shall come up after him, that he may come and sit upon my throne, for he shall be king in my stead, and I have appointed him to be ruler over Israel and over Judah. The symbolism of Christ riding into Jerusalem on an ass in the same manner as King Solomon would not have been lost on the scholarly Pharisees and Sadducees. Neither is the symbolism lost that Christ is a direct descendant of the house of David. It would have been an affront to their own authority. The Savior of the world, riding into Jerusalem on such a lowly animal as a donkey, is in sharp contrast to his second coming, where he comes riding on a white horse, his garments dipped in blood, as recorded in the book of Revelation, chapter 19. And I saw heaven opened, and behold, a white horse, and he that sat on him was called Faithful and True, and in righteousness he doth judge and make war. His eyes were as a flame of fire, and on his head were many crowns, and he had a name written that no man knew but he himself. And he was clothed with a vesture dipped in blood, and his name is called the Word of God. And the armies which were in heaven followed him upon white horses, clothed in fine linen, white and clean. And out of his mouth goeth a sharp sword, that with it he should smite the nations, and he shall rule them with a rod of iron, and he treadeth the winepress of the fierceness and wrath of Almighty God. And he hath on his vesture and on his thigh a name written, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. The symbolism, however, does not end with the donkey. And a very great multitude spread their garments in the way. It is a very ancient tradition. In Second Kings 9, when Jehu is prophetically called to be king over Israel, garments are spread before him. 
Then Jehu came forth to the servants of his Lord, and one said unto him, Is all well? Wherefore came this mad fellow to thee? And he said unto them, Ye know the man and his communication. And they said, It is false. Tell us now. And he said, Thus and thus spake he to me, saying, Thus saith the Lord, I have anointed thee king over Israel. Then they hastened and took every man his garment and put it under him on top of the stairs and blew with trumpets, saying, Jehu is king. After that, they spread palm branches. Others cut down branches from the trees and strawed them in the way. In Wikipedia Encyclopedia we read, The palm branch or palm frond is a symbol of victory, triumph, peace, and eternal life originating in the ancient Near East and Mediterranean world. In Christianity, the palm branch is associated with Jesus' triumphal entry into Jerusalem, celebrated on Palm Sunday, when the Gospel of John says of its citizens, they took palm branches and went out to meet him. Additionally, the palm has meaning in Christian iconography, representing victory, the victory of the spirit over the flesh. Since a victory signals an end of a conflict or competition, the palm developed into a symbol of peace, a meaning it can have in Islam, where it is often associated with paradise. In Revelation 7, we further are told, After this I beheld, and lo, a great multitude, which no man can number, of all nations and kindreds and peoples and tongues, stood before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed with the white robes and palms in their hands, and cried with a loud voice, saying, Salvation to our God, which sitteth upon the throne and unto the Lamb. Even the shouts of the multitude acknowledge that Jesus is the promised Messiah. And the multitudes that went before and that followed cried, saying, Hosanna to the Son of David. Blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. In Wikipedia, Hosanna is defined as save us or save. We pray, or save now. The crowd also cries, Blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. The Hosanna is to the son of David, which of course is reference to the true Messiah, and Hosanna in the highest, which is a strong public testimony that Jesus is the Christ, the son of the living God. Christ has only a few days to live. This is testimony that not only did his close disciples know that he was the true Messiah, but that thousands of his followers also know of his divine mission. And from them, the message went out to all the world. The passage in Matthew 21 ends with, And when he had come into Jerusalem, all the city was moved, saying, Who is this? And the multitude said, This is Jesus, the prophet of Nazareth of Galilee. The triumphal entry is a beam of light just before the darkest day in the history of the world. Christ celebrates the Passover with his twelve disciples. He then enters into the Garden of Gethsemane, where he atones for the sins of the entire world, such that blood came from every pore. He is betrayed by Judas, 
whipped by the Romans and crucified on the cross at Calvary. That is followed by the single greatest announcement in the world as recorded in Mark. And when they looked, they saw that the stone was rolled away, for it was very great. And entering into the sepulchre, they saw a young man sitting on the right side, clothed in a long white garment, and they were affrighted. And he said unto them, Be not affrighted. Ye see Jesus of Nazareth, which was crucified. He is arisen. He is not here. Behold the place where they laid him. It is also beautifully recorded in Luke. Now upon the first day of the week, very early in the morning, they came unto the sepulchre, bringing the spices which they had prepared, and certain others with them. And they found the stone rolled away from the sepulchre. And they entered in, and found not the body of the Lord Jesus. And it came to pass, as they were much perplexed thereabout, behold, two men stood by them in shining garments. And as they were afraid, and bowed down their faces to the earth, they said unto them, Why seek ye the living among the dead? He is not here, but is arisen. Remember how he spake unto you when he was yet in Galilee, saying, The Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men, and be crucified, and the third day rise again. And they remembered his words, and returned from the sepulchre, and told all these things unto the eleven, and to all the rest. It was Mary, however, who saw the Lord at the tomb, as recorded by John. But Mary stood at the sepulchre weeping, and as she wept, she stooped down and looked into the sepulchre, and seeth two angels in white sitting, the one at the head and the other at the feet, where the body of Jesus had lain. And they say unto her, Woman, why weepest thou? She saith unto them, Because they have taken away my Lord, and I know not where they have laid him. And when she had thus said, she turned herself back, and saw Jesus standing, and knew not that it was Jesus. Jesus saith unto her, Woman, why weepest thou? Whom seekest thou? She, supposing him to be a gardener, saith unto him, Sir, if thou hast borne him hence, tell me where thou hast laid him, and I will take him away. Jesus saith unto her, Mary. She turned herself, and saith unto him, Rabboni, which is to say, Master. Jesus saith unto her, Touch me not, for I am not yet ascended to my Father, but go to my brethren, and say unto them, I ascend unto my Father, and your Father, and to my God, and your God. Could there be more touching words than, I ascend unto my Father, and your Father, and to my God, and your God? Again, we look to the record of John as recorded in Revelation 20 for clarification. The above concludes the mortal ministry of the Savior. The following concludes the world stage, for the holy city, New Jerusalem, comes down from God out of heaven. And I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, 
The tabernacle of God is with man, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people, and God himself shall be with them and be their God. And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes, and there shall be no more death, neither sorrow nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things are passed away. And he that sat upon the throne said, Behold, I make all things anew. And he said unto me, Write, for these words are true and faithful. And he said unto me, It is done. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. I will give unto him that is a thirst of the fountain of the water of life freely. He that overcometh shall inherit all things, and I will be his God, and he shall be my son. It is tremendous comfort to read the word of God literally and make the assumption that every word is true, that God is a God of truth and cannot lie. What greater promise can we have that because of Jesus of Nazareth, we too may one day rise from the dead and with Jesus ascend unto my Father and your Father and to my God and your God. As always, Satan's supposed greatest successes are turned into his greatest failures. And that is the great message to us all. No matter how bleak appearances may be, Satan will always lose. Christ will win, and those who follow him are on the winning side. Thank you for listening. Watch for our next podcast.